Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Cut and Splice. This is Jason. And this is Matt. And this is Gil. And tonight we're going to be talking about the movie T-34. It's a 2018 film, a Russian film, from director uh, Alexei Sidorov. Probably saying that wrong, sorry. Um, and um, basically it's a, it's a tank movie, a World War II tank movie. Um, and I... Uh, suggested this one because of a number of reasons. One, um, I know that none of us had seen it yet. I had heard some interesting reviews uh, about the action in the movie. And I know that uh, Matt tends to be very fond of Russian films. So I suggested it and here we all are. That is an interesting uh, mix. I, I was thinking yeah. of that too. It's like, well, at least it's Russian. <laughs> <laughs> As far as like, uh, not that Matt doesn't like action. He likes action too, but yeah. Yeah. But he likes the more gloomy, uh, uh, not that this wasn't gloomy at times, but uh, the very gloomy Russian movies. I I don't want to, uh, as as usual in this podcast, we're going to discuss the movie and talk about our recommendations and what we thought about it and everything and then go into spoilers. But um, I don't think it's too much of a spoiler to simply say that I'm going to guess before he even says a word that Matt would have probably preferred this movie to have a much higher, like death count for the main characters, for the good guys, air quotes. But, um, it's <laughs> just my guess. <laughs> I, it, it, it's not even really that I, I would like it to have had, uh, uh, more of like the, uh, more deaths like you know mellish at the end of saving private ryan i mean if you just had one of those you know that like sure. you know uh, yeah. but the you know like the the slow knife into the chest and like somebody that you're really rooting for is just losing this fight and you 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 want to believe you want to believe that he's going to find a way to win and he just doesn't and it just rips your heart out <laughs> you know like yeah i would have preferred it if there was something like that uh we could but, definitely go into that later for sure yeah yeah, uh, yeah <laughs> okay. the spoilers section um yeah uh, i would like to mention that um i find that found it interesting that uh, the marketing for this distribution for this movie between the fact that it's pretty much on every streaming service for free and uh, and then the fact that on Prime and I'm sure on some others it's dubbed to English, yeah, which uh, would make it very very uh, gloomy for me to watch that way if I had to. Um, I watched the uh, first scene in, in that way and I had to turn it off. I couldn't stand it. Yeah, I do wonder who are those people that um, that I think those people are the same people that used to complain that they have what's those black lines on the top and bottom of the TV? Why can't you just like <laughs> I'm going to yeah. I'm going to say that in that Venn diagram is pretty big overlap. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and then also uh, and then on uh, I watched it on the Roku channel um, and, and there at least it was in in Russian. And German, but um, but it was um, named uh, Iron Fury. <laughs> an exclamation! At least in the uh, title, in the 
and the poster is just Iron Fury, but actually in the subtitle below on the on the website, it's with an exclamation mark. So I, strangely appropriate. I wonder if the filmmakers had something to do with that. They were just like just trying to push this movie because, as I will say, it's it's got a little bit for everybody. That's what I would say as far as like good entertainment. It's um, it does have good action uh, for people that like war movies. It's very much a war movie. Uh, it's got like a dash of anti-war, uh, but not not going like all the way. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's got uh, throws a little bit of romance there, which I, I feel like was uh, one of the <laughs> the weakest part of uh, it. Uh, definitely forced. Very forced. Um, um. So um, I was going to say, since Matt is always quick to remind us of this, let me just basically um, say for anyone who's never even heard of this before, um, essentially this is a, uh, a World War II film from the perspective of uh, some Russian soldiers. And uh, it's about a uh, some Russian POWs are captured by the Germans and this one particular tank commander is, um, <clears throat> uh, for various reasons, he is uh, stuck in a situation where they he's forced to pick a crew to run a captured Russian tank in drills, uh, in kind of a suicide type of drill against German tanks uh, with live rounds. And um, it's kind of all about that. Big big tank battles and kind of a big. Uh, it's pretty exciting. So that's essentially the the gist of it. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, for sure, it's good to cover the. Uh, and it starts a bit earlier than that because it shows it does, it yeah. the characters by having him deal with one ordeal of. Um, yeah, which, which to some degree, maybe pacing wise, I feel like that that was one part of the movie that could have been made a bit quicker. It is a two uh, over two hour movie. And, and I feel like for the what's here, this probably should have been a, at a max, like a two hour movie, but, but it really seems like it's that they go all out. It's a very um, attempt at like an epic Russian yeah. action war movie. Uh, they put a lot into it. Uh, definitely um, reminiscent of like uh all the uh the bullet time <laughs> slow motion that's the thing if they took the the slow motion out it probably would have been <laughs> under two hours yeah oh <laughs> funny um uh, i agree that it, it could have been i would have liked 15 to 20 minutes less um just to tighten up a few areas and it would have really been really good uh although that's that being said I don't think it has a bad pace. I've definitely seen movies that with with that trudge along a lot worse than this one. I think we brought this up too. Uh, I think when we talked about um, um, the lives of others, um, this this is another example of one of these foreign films, and maybe this is why they're marketing it the way it is. That is a uh, is very um, normal pace. It's not really a foreign film in the sense that it's. Um, very uh slow paced yeah like very um low on dialogue it's a very borderline hollywood type of movie but but it's still there's no denying that there's a touch 
of the cultural aspects of like the the personalities of the characters and the story and the the their sides of the war um all, all that i think is done pretty well it's it's shot really well i almost feel like too well at times so maybe somebody watched a bit too many janusz kaminski <laughs> lighting schemes <laughs> um but but overall as far as my reaction to it is it's it's mixed like it's it's definitely mixed because of all those elements. It's a cocktail that that is enjoyable, but I, I felt there was too much of, of almost everything. Mm. Like a, a few things felt a bit too forced. Like they could have been a little bit less bullet time or you know cannon yeah. time <laughs> uh, <laughs> with the uh, uh, with the slow motion and um, and and the pacing portion of it. Uh, but I, I like the performances. I, I I liked what they were going for as far as the the fighting spirit, you know, of the Russians and, um, you know, the situation that soldiers find themselves in war, the translator as well. Yeah. It brings like another aspect of it. Um, but yeah, I would probably, um, I would probably give it like a, like a six and then I would mostly recommend it. And it's funny enough. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody that's into foreign films. I would recommend it to someone that's like, you know, was into war films or likes tanks or then <laughs> yeah. that's what it's called. T-34, I guess it's in the title. Yeah, that's the, the, I think that's the, the kind of tank that the Russian tank that they're in. I yeah. Mean, the, the really fancy. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know if it's fancy, but it's the, the, the tank they were in. No, it, it was high quality for the time. Yeah. Was it? Which, which, by the way, yeah. the tanks that are uh, th that's been designed in Israel um, since then uh, will kick its ass uh, very easily. Oh, yeah, I'm oh, sure yeah. Oh. most modern tanks would. Yeah. Oh no, no, most modern tanks, but there's like specific tanks that were designed. I think co-designed by the U.S. and and Israel, uh, like in the 70s and 80s, that are like uh, very, very uh, sophisticated. Uh, there was a, I, I don't know if I mentioned this to you, but there was a. A limited series of sorts, sort of like a Israel version of Band of Brothers, like a ten-episode show, really, um, um, of like the the Yom Kippur War, when there oh, was wow. like a surprise oh, yeah. attack, and and the, the Israel almost collapsed, like Israeli army almost collapsed because of the surprise attack, and um, and a big chunk of it. There's different storylines happening at the same time, uh, different fronts, and one of the fronts mm -hmm. is. Uh, is a unit of um, of like a tank unit, you know, um, with uh, a few crews and stuff, and it kind of plots their like their their way through the war, and it's very interesting. It's got some interesting, like this movie, strategic things that tanks do, and it's it's kind of fun. It's on HBO um, Max. What's and, it called? Um, the Valley of Tears, I think it's called. Huh. Um, and and Sounds funny. Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the Valley of Tears, not the Valley yeah. of Tears. Okay. And um, and funny enough, it also has a, an English dubbed version on there, just like silly. I had to keep switching uh. every time I logged in just to uh, just to switch it from the English to Hebrew. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Um. So uh, I wanted to say real quickly. Um, I was reading in the trivia thing on IMDb, according to this whatever thing, and it says that the, the director and writer, um, his goal was, this is a quote, uh, to tell the story of the war in such a way to captivate the young 
and not cause controversy among those who still keep the great patriotic war in their memory, which I personally translated to the fact that he was hoping to make a World War II film that would be interesting to young viewers without offending older people. Uh, all of this is bolstering basically my overall assessment. <laughs> well, but before you you give it, I, all I was trying to say is that all right. while I don't necessarily, I, I'm not trying to say that that was a brilliant idea or a terrible idea at all. I do think that that's more or less what he uh, achieved. I think in doing so, I think he also made the movie a little weaker because it could have been stronger in a lot of other areas that I that we can get into a lot of those details later. But I think if at least the general stated goal that he had for the movie, it is a a uh, you know an exciting action war film about tanks. And I mean, I don't think there's any, to my knowledge, there's this isn't based on any particular true story or anything like that. But um, I mean, it's probably the kinds of stuff depicted in this movie are probably less historically inaccurate than some of the American World War II movies like U571 and stuff like that, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to, I mean, I'm pretty sure that this is a fictional movie, but yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, like, you know, they're. Oh, and, and then lastly, uh, I, I'd, I'd say it's about a seven. Okay. Um, yeah, maybe Matt will convince me to lower my rate. <laughs> <laughs> I think that this movie is the Joe Bowers of movies. Like the Don't like, know who that is. Uh, Luke yeah, Wilson Luke Luke Wilson's character in Idiocracy. Oh, I see. like <laughs> like <laughs> absolutely <laughs> perfectly average. Like a, like a five in every way. <laughs> like uh, like <laughs> every good decision the director made it was countered by a bad decision like well, every moment that i thought was like oh wow that was kind of cool it was immediately countered with like oh that's just garish every bit of dialogue that i thought is like oh this is a really cool moment of like moments of camaraderie among comrades you know that because that's super uh you know insightful is followed by like dialogue that would uh, it's like so sweet that it was giving me diabetes i mean it's everything that was good in the movie was immediately counteracted by something that was bad in the movie <laughs> so like this is like the most even five that i could ever give to a movie it was just like smack dab in the middle perfectly average hmm. <laughs> the thing is uh, i would just say that for me average is seven but uh, when i rank out of <laughs> 10 but but i understand that that you just think that it's every bad thing had a good thing so it's like somewhere in the middle so that makes sense yeah um <laughs> I, I don't yeah, i don't feel like that, that we need to get into it or anything but just throwing this out there, Gil, if your average is a seven, I think you need to watch a lot more bad movies. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, that's true. I mean, I do. Um, I could easily give this movie a five. Uh, what I give it props mainly, and I, and I could do the whole thing, what I did with uh, 
the way of the gun where I just count all the good things about it and then I'll get to two or three or four, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, like start at zero. But uh, what I do like about it, and I will say another thing that's kind of like uh, I wasn't crazy about it. It's also a bit of a propaganda movie, especially this day and oh, age. Yeah. Oh, 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 yes, oh, it's very definitely. much like, a, but you know, what, what, you know, how many American movies are, you know, also like extreme egos and yeah, it's, it's definitely, that's the, the main fault that it has that it's too Hollywood, but I, I give it props for doing that well. You know, almost like not in the same way that say RRR was, um, they didn't reinvent the wheel or anything, but um, but they're really like you know let's really go for it let's like make make a crazy movie and and be completely outrageous and have fun with it uh, similar to um, you know again I guess the Tarantino's handprints are like everywhere like it's uh, in the sense of like this um, like revenge story you know let's have some Russians really kick some German ass. You know that type of thing. I really think Tarantino, like I just like that that fucker is onto something. <laughs> 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 yeah, when was Inglorious Bastards? That was before 2018, right? Oh yeah, uh, that was well before. That was well like before. yeah. I, I don't uh, remember years of movies. It doesn't matter. It was a long time. Long time ago, uh, 2010. Yeah, or uh, yeah, that was before I moved to DC. So yeah. 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 Uh, um, but yeah, anyway. but I, I did. I do think that this movie was, for the most part, well done and and just as enjoyable entertainment. But but I can easily be convinced by Matt and say that it's, it was more like a four, four or five. I mean, it's it's just one of those things where, like, you know, there were moments when, like, the music like goes from like Tchaikovsky oh, yeah. in in an appropriate moment, and then sometimes it's like a mishmash of like. Hans Zimmer and uh, Philip Glass, and then yeah, you know, it was so I, I, over the top. I, I, and, 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 and then the music swells like a with a dun 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 at a moment when it's about as surprising as Mrs. Peacock uh, did it with the candlestick in the the billiard room or something. It's just <laughs> it 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 was. Uh, I feel like Peter Griffin uh, in the the safe room with his flooding, and they're all about to die. And he's saying that he didn't care for the Godfather, and so it insists upon itself. It ins- <laughs> but I mean, it, it does insist upon itself in so many ways. And I don't. That's the thing. I think that there's a story in this movie, and I don't think that the director or the writer ever knew what the story was. I mean, it, 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 there's there's something really poignant and coherent that you can tell in this context, and I just don't think they ever fleshed out what it was. They were just too focused on, uh, you know, like, basically directing a two-and-a-half-hour-long music video. Uh, yeah, to some degree. Well, I think you convinced me I'm, I'm dropping mine to a five. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but but it's uh, sure, but okay. I, I forgot <laughs> okay. about the music. It's kind of funny. Like when the movie ended, there's that swelling music, yeah. And and I was like, this sounds familiar. Let me um like Shazam it or something. I Google now. You can search songs, 
And then it comes up and it's like from the movie, like it's from the composers of the movie. I'm like, but this is so derivative of something else. <laughs> like it sounds like something that I've heard before. There's no way I'm hearing this for the first time, unless since 2018, a bunch of trailers have been using this music and that's why it's on my mind. Like it's possible. Like maybe I can look up trailers that use the music. But um, but in any case, uh, it's the music was really out there. Like it was very much, uh, it was enjoyable at times, but definitely um, over the top at times. Like not not very uh, well controlled. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's not that it was bad or anything. It's just, I mean, again, it's like perfectly average. It, it's just like it, it's it, it's just wrong at certain times, right at certain times atmosphere building at certain times in your face at certain times and I, I, you know like i just don't really understand the philosophy behind it you know i don't i, I mean even with like the in, in sheepshin kind of bop, 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 dong, bop, 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 dong, I, I, you know i kind of you know got what he was going for at least you know? <laughs> but you like the music yeah, uh, oh. and, and I, yeah, but yeah. I mean, the, just for uh, to say one last thing about the rating is uh, for me personally, maybe I should change this uh, because we do this so often now. Um, uh, for me, a movie once it's below seven, it's basically not a good movie uh, because it's not because seven is okay, it's average. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, I do feel like this one. It was enjoyable to watch. It had interesting, fun elements, um, but it was definitely not as good as a Tarantino, you know, revenge movie of sorts. Um, <laughs> oh, so, that's so, funny. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, you know, this is going to sound whatever it's going to sound like, but I, I almost think you shouldn't change anything about your rating system because, like you've, you've said many times before, if you don't bother watching subpar movies, then anything that you deem as less than a seven, it means that it's, or I mean, anything that you deem as a seven and to you is completely average. Anything under that seven, I, I'm basically not no, recommending. No, no. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. But if you deem something to be a seven, which in your eyes is average, and you only watch, you don't ever go out of your way to watch anything that you don't think is going to already be good ahead of time, that means that that's probably a pretty darn good movie. So it's a seven from you means that people should probably go see that oh yeah no no for sure seven so uh, it, it all kind of works itself out <laughs> yeah yeah for sure so yeah this movie i would say five to a six i'm happy with but um but yeah no anyways um so uh anything else as far as um yeah i don't think i i, I personally haven't seen anything else that this guy's made i can't the director made. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't uh i yeah, can't talk I, to I, anything I else so. yeah we could just go right i'll say I mean, you know, there were some aspects of the movie that I thought were uh, were pretty strong. I mean, you know, again, it was shot well. Uh, I feel like the uh, the shot uh, that they kept using of the um, tank driver in the tank was could have probably been. I I just kind of feel like they probably did all of his scenes in the seat of the tank in one day and just had him uh, like read the lines and, you know, just use that. I mean, like the, the, they never changed anything. 
at all. <laughs> I mean, like the size of the shot. The uh, right. Angles. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, it, I, I mean, a lot of the camera choices were uh, straight out of Dunkirk without the intrigue of how they actually managed to do it. Um, uh, I did appreciate that they established their finite amount of ammunition uh, through, throughout the like last half of the film and stuck to it. Uh, you know, like, and you know, that that's actually not the easiest thing to do in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, even Kevin Costner, uh, you know, I was just rewatching open range and it's like, there's, the beginning of the shootout where he's using one six shooter and he gets nine shots out of it for some reason, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, you know, it, it's, it's good that the filmmakers had the wherewithal to create constraints for their protagonists and maintain those constraints, stick to them. And, uh, you know, and, <laughs> I, I I'm I, I'm kind of stopping myself, yeah, because like you know I I, I almost said like no Deus Ex Machina, but you know like there there was a little bit of a Deus Ex Machina at the end, but yeah, uh, uh, a, a little bit, kind of, you know, like uh, survived a well, gunshot and a grenade blast. It literally <laughs> came from a machine. Oh, yeah. And also the strange thing about a Russian, a, a, a Soviet officer during Stalinist Russia uh, reciting the Lord's Prayer uh, <laughs> during yeah. the battle. Uh, I mean, I, I, that that's where I was like, this is bloated Russian propaganda right now. Because, <laughs> I mean, like, the orthodox russian church is back in power you know uh uh putin's a, a russian orthodox and so on and so forth but he has certain reverences for the soviet union so you know like this is the perfect thing of like you know like alexander solzhenitsyn wrote about people who didn't even remember how to uh do the cross symbol uh for the catholic church uh in the gulags because they were so heavily forbidden to do anything uh, Christ uh, related to Christianity and mm. then suddenly you're getting this Soviet uh, this Soviet era movie in you know 2018 2019 under Putin which is basically like hey look at the glory of Russia and hey also these guys were still Christians too and like I mean, yeah, he's in a tank and he's with his buddies, and they probably weren't gonna turn him into you know the. To, You're saying it's a little government. anachronistic. It's it's yeah it it's it's frankly unbelievable yeah. <laughs> that somebody would be reciting the Lord's Prayer in a tank among Soviets. I mean, yeah. it, it's just yeah. like yeah, I don't I don't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> I think the movie has some really wonderful action sequences, particularly if you're looking for a tank movie, because there's so few, you know, I mean, I mean, really, I think that the, the, the Brad Pitt movie theory 
kind of became the new gold standard when it came out, um, which was Uh about four years prior to this one. And, um, you know, I, there are other movies that largely focus on tank combat, but not very many, to be honest, you know, there really Mm -hmm. aren't. I think there's more, there's probably more submarine movies than there are tank movies. And it's, you know, that is what it is. But anyway, my point is that, uh, if this is something that you're interested in, it's, it's, uh, it's certainly pretty good in that regard. I mean, I think that the, once again, using it as the standard, I think that the movie theory has at least one, you know, tank combat scene in the middle of it. That is, um, that is more meaningful, more gritty, a little bit better done, um, and a little slightly more realistic, not much more, but a little bit more, um, a little less propaganda ish and stuff like that. Um, where, but I mean, again, if you're looking for that kind of action, that's like the only big scene in the movie that's like that. Um, whereas like, uh, this movie's got two or three scenes that are just not, not far behind that. It's, it's pretty darn good. Um, and uh, yeah, as we stated before, this movie is definitely, uh, in terms of its action style, I'd say that this movie is definitely a post-Matrix film. <laughs> it's uh, it's got yeah. a lot, lot of a lot of moments where it's going into slow motion, and the camera is panning around the action in the middle of stuff and things like that. And, um, mm. You know, uh, it's um, and you know, for good and bad. It's, uh, yeah, I, yeah, it, it's, it's garish at times. Like, it, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, I, I will go that far. I will say that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. After the first few times, they probably could have like just let it go. Yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah. I, I was gonna say um, what Matt said and you said. Uh, it is the, one of the strongest points of the movie. Is is the fact that there's strategy, that there's yeah. sequences, that they discuss it, they come up with cool idea, and mm-hmm. that kind of takes you into the world of what combat is uh and then uh, you know much like you know like uh braveheart and you know star wars sure uh, all these big movies that that actually have unlike the prequel star wars that like had just like a huge mess everybody shooting at everybody uh you know it's like because movies you know i feel like marvel movies definitely tend to be very messy and not very strategic um, no, let's not get into that again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there's, <laughs> okay. I'm sure within them there's a few things, but they're just a bit messy. Yeah, and funny enough, I listened to the MCU episode and I was like, I, I don't think I brought that up. They are pretty messy most times. But um, but yeah, I like movies that are orderly, that you can actually comprehend what's going on, and uh, and it's clever. It's like, oh, wow, I wouldn't have thought of that mm-hmm. idea. You know, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, and uh, I mean, uh, toward the end of the movie, uh, there was that, you know, like, and I think it was one of the best moments where, you know, they're doing kind of an urban tank combat sequence. and It really helped yeah, freshen things yeah, up. Yeah, right, and they realize that they're kind of boxed in, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, the the commander asked you know like who's the daredevil and you know one of the guys just says don't ask just just give the order yeah <laughs> and, and i mean that was a really good moment and then you know like yeah i mean there was a certain amount of keen strategy you know uh done there and you know i you know i i i, I 
do give the movie points for that. I mean, it, it probably would have been like a three if it weren't for that scene. Uh, but just uh, for that alone, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I didn't think it was that good. I mean, I appreciated the scene, but <laughs> I don't think it saved the movie or anything. <laughs> well, I mean, the whole scene about like, did you make a wish? And yeah, yes, to love you for the rest of my life. Like that just dropped it down to like a two. I, I was, I was gonna, I was gonna go over that later. I, I mean, I didn't want to tread on that just yet. But um, uh, getting back to the guy go, going on that little mission though, and um, yeah, he's gonna drop a grenade into the tank. Um, I loved that scene. Like, I think it was definitely a strong scene, like you said. Um, and then I, what I really liked was that after their plan is somewhat, somewhat successful and they managed to get out of the trap that they're in, more or less, mm -hmm. and kill one of their opponents at the same time in this very close range sort of thing, they're basically stunned. And several other tanks, enemy tanks, slowly make their way over to them it's an all is lost moment, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, I, I I hope that that's the scene Gil was talking about or you were talking about with the deus ex machina thing. But um, I didn't have any problem with mm -hmm. uh, that that guy, um, the injured guy who dropped the grenade into the tank and killed all the other crew. Yeah. Um, I didn't have any problem with him showing up at the last second and saving the day. I just think that after he manages to single-handedly move the tank to where he could make a difference then change seats presumably yeah <laughs> yeah that's the a turret. lot of, uh... no, i mean i'm not saying you can't do it he could do it because they don't show how they don't even show him until he fires the shell to make it dramatic so we don't know how long he was there he could have gotten there and they they the enemies wouldn't even have been bothered by him until he fired on them so i don't see any problem with it it's just he had already gotten shot. You know, he got shot doing his mission, dropping the grenade in there and everything. Um, uh, and then the tanks fired on him. Like, I, it's a great moment. He should die valiantly. Yeah. You know, instead, they have a cop-out thing where at the end, he the, 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 the two you know, uh, guys are like, we're going to have a little standoff thing or whatever. And he dramatic ending. And he's like, let me go pick up my man or something like that is what he says. And then he's on a stretcher for the rest of the movie. If that guy had just, if they had fired on his tank and he blew up after saving the day, that would have been a wonderful ending to his character. We don't need yeah. him to be, I mean, come on, you know, what, what are we really trying to do here? You know, <laughs> that was a little ridiculous to me was simply that he survived it. Um, but um, going into what Matt was saying, <laughs> okay so uh, i don't even want to touch on the dialogue i completely agree with you that was campy as shit <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. um but i do want to say this as unrealistic as it was i was happy to see where that cheesy storyline went with the girl um i thought it was cool that her character did something you know in the story um mm -hmm. I, I if my biggest criticism of this entire movie is that that sex scene was way too tame. <laughs> I'm oh, serious. Yeah. I'm serious. They, it was some light PG 13 garbage. This is a war film. I want to see something like in, in enemy at the gates where it's like some, they're dirty and they're like, they got to do this out in the field, you know, which is where they were. Spoiler. Anyway, um, <laughs> the, the point is 
Like I also want get... to see Rachel Weiss. Yeah, well, Rachel Weiss would have been better. That's true. But we all we all know that. Well, you know, but, I'm sure she uh, would have pulled it off. Yeah, and then uh, just to see... pull it out. Oh god. Uh, <laughs> no, but in the scene, like they have this nice little PG thirteen kind of thing of them them laying with each other and stuff like that, and then whatever. And then afterward, they, he's got like a sheet over him. And the camera, it's not like an L-shaped sheet, so that's kind of nice. But still, like the camera, that the the the, uh, the the framing of the shot, you see about most of his upper chest and shoulder, and you see this gnarly looking like scar because this guy has been through seven years of captivity. He's tried escaping a bunch of times. Maybe not seven years. He said he tried to escape seven times. I don't know how how much yeah. time it was. Probably four or five years, something like that. But anyway, the point is he's been through it. You know, he's been in tanks that exploded, you know, and all this stuff like that. Um, they needed to have this, this sex scene needed to be more like Terminator. You know, if you guys remember, you know, you got, you yeah. got uh, Michael Bean and you got Linda Hamilton and she's been this, you know, this mousy girl this whole time, kind of a Valley girl looking thing. And then like, she's maturing over the course of the movie and they get to this moment where it's like, they're so into each other finally and he's protecting her. And then he pull his shirt off and he's just got like scars all over him and her hands are going over his, his back and stuff like that. That's a sexy scene right there. That's a great sex scene. That's like top 20 greatest sex scenes ever filmed. You know, mm -hmm. good job, James Cameron. That was a great scene. <laughs> this needed some more Terminator in it. How can you not remember that scene? It's outstanding. Anyway, the point is, this was tame. <laughs> this was, I mean, this movie yeah. could have, th this scene could have really elevated this movie. And it would have made you probably feel a little bit better about that terrible dialogue that came before and after it. But um, I just wanted to say, aside from that, though, I just, oh, gosh, I was laughing so hard after that. Because um, I'm telling you, they get it on. And then minutes later, okay, minutes later, they find out that the enemy is getting close, and he's like telling the girl, "All right, listen, listen up, Coyote Ugly. This tank is like no girls allowed, and you don't have the password anymore. So you know you got to go do your walk of shame through the woods while we go have some fun, kill some crowds." <laughs> he just drops her off. He don't even give her a gun. I mean, can you imagine? Oh, something about the woods will be, uh, you know, will yeah. hide her. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. I'm sure that's what he was saying. I'm sure he made it sound better than what I just said. But that's yeah. essentially what he did. He's like, all right, we just finished. You go walk it off. <laughs> I mean, that is, it's a good thing there weren't a bunch of other people there to see her. They'd be slut-shaming her through the woods. It's terrible. Yeah, I, I you know. <laughs> Okay, all of that is hilarious and correct. Uh, another thing that I got to launch on this is just like my complete lack of belief that a Soviet soldier having defeated a Nazi after all that would have like not just executed him on the spot. Oh, you're talking about or, that thing at the very end? Yeah, like that was a little like, weird, wasn't it? I mean, like, no. I, a moment of respect. I, I, I don't think it was earned. No, 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 yeah. no. I mean, I don't know what the filmmakers think. I, I mean, I well, actually, I don't know how well they teach Russian history in Russian schools. 
anything. But I mean, like the way that World War Two was fought on the Soviet side was so freaking brutal, even to their own men. Yeah, I mean. Uh, okay, you're going to charge into a bunch of enemy machine guns and you're going to die, probably. And if you retreat, you're going to run into our own machine guns gunning you down for being a coward and you're going to die. So you you better breach the, uh, the enemy side and probably die by getting stabbed by a freaking bayonet or, you know, like shot in the face or something. Uh, I mean, like the Soviet, the Soviet side of World War II was a complete freaking meat grinder. And no, I do not believe that a Soviet soldier having gone through all that would finally like reach his hand out to an opposing Nazi soldier. I don't believe that for a second. And I think that it wouldn't have been a bad decision for him to just take his rifle and shoot the guy in the face. I, I would have <laughs> liked, um, I, I'm, and I know I'm, I'm just once again referencing a, another better movie, but like, I kind of would have liked something like the end of um, uh, Enemy at the Gates. You know, I yeah. like that at the end, they, they both crawl out of the tank. Well, one crawls out, the other one climbs out of the tank yeah. and he's got his gun. And he, he's got him in his mercy, you know, like he can't even reach for his sidearm. He's got him dead to rights, you know, mm-hmm. give it a pause, eye contact, and then just kill him. You know, mm-hmm. Th- that way it's poignant, it's meaningful, and it's over. You know, like, I don't know what their goal was with that last little, I mean, I guess I, I, I could kind of see what they were going for with the character and everything. But like Matt said, I mean, it's, it's not super believable and it's, it's not. Like it's really, I don't know. <laughs> it's, they didn't earn it, <laughs> so yeah. No, I don't I, well, that's a good point. I mean, I think if you want to talk about like a better version of this movie, because um, I, I I read this into the movie when it wasn't there, but what you kind of get from their relationship, uh, for one thing, I mean, you know, uh, that German officer, uh, Jaeger. He's, yeah, he's what's his name? Klaus Ye- Ye- Jaeger. Klaus Jaeger, he's an idiot. <laughs> like you know, there's no way it was a really stupid plan to have him like train others by being in an actual tank, even if he wasn't going to give him am- ammunition. Still, like it's uh, you should he should have like tricked the tank to be uh, uh, not capable of shooting anything, you know, or something. But in any case, that that aside, that's a good point. Yeah. But that aside, let's say if we, if it was a better movie, if it was a movie about like a very smart uh, German officer, say like uh, Lanza and uh, and Glorious Bastards, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and you have this this uh, Russian officer who from the get go you see that he's different. He's very good looking, which I guess makes him different. But but you also see that he's very um, he's. He's very uh, charismatic. He knows how to motivate yeah. people. There's the example in the beginning. He's mm-hmm. very um, smart. He yeah. has good tactics. Knowledgeable. He's got knowledgeable, good instincts, uh, good under pressure, all these elements. And uh, and let's say that you show examples of the German officer being in a similar way, but maybe he's just not as good as him. And he wants yeah. to like almost out of uh, respect for him, he wants to learn from him. Um 
Okay, to me, like what I was reading into it uh, about the relationship is that, and sometimes this happens in movies, like The Pianist. There's a little bit of it, mm-hmm. um, like the the scene where he plays on the piano or something, and there's a German officer that listens to the, or a German soldier that listens to the music and and appreciates it. At the very end. And the pianist, I'm not sure. I haven't seen it in a very long time. I should revisit it. Okay. But uh, but yeah, but but in any case, uh, it's the the idea being that. Russian and German culture is so rich with sophistication and uh, artistic merit, poetry, you know, uh, there's such great uh, cultures uh, that it's it's sad that that their talents and their um, their sophistication, their intellect mm-hmm. is used for this and not for something that's more lofty, more worthy, more, uh, you know, could actually like maybe can benefit the next generation, whether it's an art piece or inventing a piece of technology or, you know, instead of just killing each other. Um, So, so that's kind of what I was reading into it. Like these two are kind of above the fray, like that they would be, you know, they would be artists, they would be scientists, they would be people that would contribute like well to society great leaders like if they were living at different times like there's yeah. goodness in them to some degree because they mm-hmm. they they know when they see something that's worth appreciating they're uh, ambitious ambitious but but it doesn't um but 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 being this movie what it is it doesn't go into it too far it's mostly me while i was reading into it just because i felt like they're both kind of having this mind game of like sophistication and i, and I was like thinking about the pianist and you know germans russians uh that that's why i thought of it but but the movie gives you none of this <laughs> so you know it definitely could have gone down that road it would yeah. have been nice yeah it's a, it's an option i know it's not the same movie i mean you know i'm seeing the poster they're like advertising that it was an imax and everything it's it's the type of movie which by the way also relating to the sex scene maybe they just you know, there's this whole thing about like violence can be very bloody and and it, it would not be as big of an issue than if you had full nudity, you know, like because then less people would be able to watch in the theaters or something. So I don't know if it was just a calculation of, uh, you know, we got to like limit the sex scene so so we can put it on TV uh, you know, for reruns and, uh, you know, we can like have it in more theaters like uh it might have been that kind of a calculation uh, maybe um yeah. just to clarify though about what i was saying about that scene um i'm not specific i mean i think that this movie could have benefited from some some uh some nice you know full frontal nudity but that's not even really what i'm asking for you know i'm not looking for graphic you know gratuitous stuff i just think that it was a weak tame sex scene it was like really weak i think it could have benefited from being uh, a, a better shot more sexy beautiful kind of sex scene doesn't even need we don't even need to have seen any nudity in it you know just just be- give me something better is all i'm saying yeah you know it's uh, the movie is rated tv 14 That's... oh so that must be like their version of like pg-13 yeah I, yeah exactly so i'm sure there's it's part of it because if they had like a full-on sex scene then then they can only be playing late at night or blah 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 Who oh, knows? Let, let me rephrase i i don't i don't i didn't think about this ahead of time so i don't have like a list or anything i, I actually might somewhere on my computer to be honest if i really were to search but what i'm trying to say is um i'm sure there's pg-13 movies out there with better sex scenes that i could use as an example 
for what I'm talking about. I'm not saying it needs to be gratuitous or um, or uh, graphic in its nudity or use of nudity or sexuality. I just think it was a weak sex. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Now, it would have been nice if she was, um, you know, if you think, oh, he's the man and he's like a the tank leader and blah, blah, blah. But then she she does something like go down on him or something and really takes him off guard. <laughs> 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 you know, just really kind of take command of like, because, you know, women, you know, it's, uh, you know, they can look uh, frail like in the moment in, in war. But once you get them in bed, like the, they can really take you to town. <laughs> <laughs> What was it in um, some wonderful line in Game of Thrones when when uh, um, when Tyrion sends his his squire guy to the brothel for the oh, first time? Oh yeah, he says he's like because he knows it's his first time and he comes back and he and his sellsword guy um, Braun or whatever his name is they, they the first thing they ask him is something to the effect of like did sh- did you uh, did you something to the effect of like, did you conquer or did she bring you to your knees or something like that? And I just thought that was so insightful. I was like, Oh man, that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, you know, that's like, you know, in relation to the, to the battle scenes, I mean, yeah, if we want to keep talking about that scene, I mean, the, the battle scenes were more plentiful. Uh, I, I mean, I have a pro. I I have a serious problem with the handling of like Michael Bay visuals with even when they're like fictional movies like dealing with World War Two. I yeah. mean, I, I mean, even Michael Bay made uh what uh, sixteen hours and I think it's thirteen hours. Oh, uh, thirteen hours. Yeah, and. I mean, he even Michael Bay dialed it back more than this movie did in terms of like bullet time and like, hey, look at how cool it is with, you know, these uh, or, you know, (laughs) these missiles being launched, uh, you know, and I I mean, at some point it, it just becomes gratuitous and your subject matter is such that you just kind of have to make it feel like a battle I, I mean i i mean there's no way that you can really make it feel like a battle but i mean you know people talk about american you know military movies being like propaganda and like recruitment tools and everything like that i remember when i went in to see uh uh black hawk down for the first time and i saw it in theaters and this guy took his son <laughs> and I just kind of got into talking with him before the movie started. And, you know, like, uh, yeah, it was son- his son was like 10 years old. And I, I was just asked, I just kind of managed to get him the question, like, why'd you, why'd you bring your son? And he, he was just like, well, he's convinced that he wants to be in the military. <laughs> I'm showing him this. So he, uh, so he'll choose differently. <laughs> Uh, i mean you know you can make arguments that like top gun maverick well actually you could make good arguments that top gun maverick is like a military recruitment tool because a lot of people have been signing up for 
the Air Force, even though it's a movie about Navy pilots. But you know, uh, you know, you can't you can't expect Americans to be that smart. Um, but uh, you know, still they don't. I mean, there's a certain respect to, I mean, particularly World War II. I I just don't really. I, I mean, I, I kind of get turned off the moment that I see that bullet time kind of uh, matrix kind of stuff in a World War II movie. Like, you know, it's it's that moment where, like, you know, Truffaut was mostly right when he said that it's almost impossible to make an anti-war movie because the cinema glorifies everything that it touches but that's the thing like we should at least be trying to make neutral war movies or like you know war movies that just kind of show you what the hell goes on and you know this this is a either that or do some kind of like really hyperbolic uh you know bullshit like inglorious bastards where like we we all know that we're not watching history we all know that we're not watching how things really were. This is all just like getting off on killing Nazis and all that shit. But I mean, this movie was trying to tow a line that I don't think should be tried to be towed, which is trying to be genuine at the same time that is trying to be sexy and visually um you know, action packed, trying to do it like it is like a matrix or something like that. And I, I think that that's just, I, I have a problem with that. I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm insane or wrong or anything like that, but uh, that's just my take. Oh, no, no. It definitely glorifies war. Is wrong. Yeah, it's a problem. Yeah. I, I don't think that your opinion of it is wrong. And I don't even think that there's, um, yeah. How can I put this? There's that, there's kind of like that famous story of like um, after Tom Cruise made uh, the first Top Gun film, uh, it was like super successful, obviously. It, yeah, it, uh, you know, like, like Matt was kind of alluding to it earlier. It, um, it actually caused a massive like bump in, um, in recruitment and everything like that for uh, the Navy and stuff like that. Uh, you know, and then after talking to, I think it was Paul Newman or something like that in the color of money or whatever, um, he felt bad about making this, you know, movie that was kind of a pro war type of movie. So then he went off and did, uh, what was it born on 4th of July or something like that? Because he yeah. kind of wanted to balance the scales, but I don't, I mean, this is just my personal opinion. I can't speak for Tom Cruise or anything like that, but um, I don't think there's anything wrong with making a movie like Top Gun. I just think that you have to, you would hope that the audience is going into it with the right mindset and coming out of it with the right message. Um, I don't, I mean, they have a place, a movie like that has its place, I guess is all I'm saying. Um, and then it, the, what, the, what you were saying in regards to that and this movie, um, kind of trying to straddle that line, um, I don't think that I don't think I would agree with you that that it shouldn't be attempted. I just think that this movie 
attempted it. I think that they pulled off all of the uh, action stuff. Now, and I know you said you weren't super fond of it in a movie like this, uh, but I think I'm just going to throw this out there. If this movie had had all the same action, which I agree could have been grittier and a little more real. I think they went a little too far with the, um, some of the bullet timey looking stuff. But if you had just taken this exact same movie, kept all the action precisely the same, and then just made some story changes to make the movie a little more grounded, a little more realistic, and therefore have a little stronger punch at the end. That's all I think it would have needed for me to bump it up to a higher rating. I mean, I, I'm not saying it would have been a phenomenal movie or anything, but I think it would have really succeeded in what you were talking about of, of trying to be this like action movie with this kind of a stylized action, but then also trying to talk, you know, kind of at least touch on the realities of war and be a little more realistic and stuff like that. I think we, to, to me at least, I'm just going to say that where it loses me in terms of its realism and stuff like that is not the battles, even though I get what you're saying about that. It loses me more like in those later scenes we talked about, like where the guy does this crazy thing and then somehow manages to survive it. <laughs> and then like the, the really truncated abbreviated love story between its characters that feels super forced and stuff like that. That's the kind of stuff to me where I'm just like, okay, <laughs> if that's where you want to go with this movie, fine. <laughs> it's not what I would have done. <laughs> I honestly think it's just one of those things where I, I mean, like, okay, you look at um, the Finnish movie that uh, just came out, like Sisu. Like, you yeah, know, I really want to see that one. Uh, if you're if you're gonna go that over the top with like, hey, we're just gonna have fun killing Nazis during World War II, go that over the top, like, go absolutely John Wick style. Like, uh, like, make John Wick look like a pussy. <laughs> like, that's what they did with that movie. This movie, again, I just don't think it knew what it wanted to be. I don't think that the director knew what this movie was supposed to be. And it had those elements of a hyper, you know, like, you know, it had the moments of realism. It had the moments, you know, where it's grounded. And then suddenly, but I mean, almost every round that was shot out of those tanks was like bullet time. Yeah. Almost. Every round in the freaking movie. <laughs> like I said, yeah. I agree. It went too far. Not, not I, to I mention, mean, I mean, like the, how many times did like, like the bullets pierce their like tank but for some reason theirs doesn't explode it just grease off of them or like it just rattles their ears but it, it felt like they're a bit like uh blessed you know yeah. from above or something well the um it is an underdog story and um i mean i don't have a problem with it like if you you guys saw fury right both of you yes I mean, uh, I didn't, but, uh, oh, okay. but I, I mean, I'll believe you that, that it's that, a... that, that one's a very realistic, you know, mm -hmm. tank movie and they depict some of the same stuff. So I'm, I'm no expert, but I'm just going to say, based on what I've seen and read, it seems like in world war two, we didn't have as sophisticated of rounds 
for these tanks. <laughs> so I think if it hit an oblong object, there's probably like a one in four chance that it's going to careen off the side rather than pierce into it and blow it up. But um, because they depicted similar stuff in those movies as well. I don't think the number of times that stuff careened off their tank was anywhere near realistic. <laughs> Maybe yeah, if, they, exactly. if they cut yeah. it in half, you know, then we would have just felt tension. You know, it would have been like, God, these guys are lucky. But by about like the time it gets to the end of the first big battle scene, you're like, whew, man, they, uh, they got a real, they got a real greased up tank or something. They're, 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 they're a bunch of atheists who have God on their side. Uh, <laughs> uh, also, Fury has the uh, the added benefit of you know Shia LaBeouf actually pulled out his own tooth for for that movie. So uh, no, I, I'm just not so sure if that actually benefited the movie. Or not. Um, yeah. Now I'm not saying yeah. that Shia LaBeouf didn't benefit the movie. He yeah. was very good in that movie. But man, when I heard that story, I was like, dude, seriously. Yeah. No, I, okay. If if I'm going to, I, I, I gotta work this in. If you're going to watch a movie about a Soviet tank, that I would highly recommend. It's the Beast. I've heard good things about it. <laughs> Probably from me. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I don't yeah, know. you uh, mentioned that at some point. Yeah, it, it also has Stephen Baldwin in it. So, uh, oh, I like Stephen Baldwin. Is it, yeah, what so year you know is that, that movie? 1988. Yeah. Also, it was shot in Israel. Interesting. So, uh, but um, yeah, <laughs> you know, Stephen Baldwin. So, like, nobody got shot and killed in the production of the movie. The safer so, Baldwin. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like trying to figure out where on earth you were going with that. Wow. <laughs> um, I, one thing I just wanted to say, just as a slight criticism of this movie, um, especially because it was done so well in um, in the movie Fury, um, it's a little odd to me that you're going to make a World War II tank movie that's all about tanks in World War II and is a total underdog movie because in both of the major, major conflicts that that make up the action of this story um, in both situations, they're grossly outnumbered all the time. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you've already got all that going for you. Um, and if, if, you know, if you know anything about the history in world war two, um, one of the things that was interesting about this whole tank stuff uh, is that the, the, uh, the Nazis, the Germans had these really enormous and insanely powerful behemoth tanks, the, uh, the tiger tanks. Um, mm -hmm. And, um, and it's odd to me that they don't have a single one in this movie. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, that's like just a, a thing, you know, about that, the warfare of that, you know, of that time and that, and then everything, you know, you see them in in Saving Private Ryan, and you, you they they make a very big deal about them in Fury and stuff like that. And I just thought it was odd that may, I mean, maybe they just did it to make it more fair. I don't know, maybe more believable. I, I don't know. It's just it's it's odd to me that um, that they have these battles and the whole time they're fighting against like the 
I think they're the Panzer tanks or something like that, uh, or yeah. various different different kinds of Panzer tanks. I don't know, but uh, the smaller kind of medium sized tanks is what they're fighting up against, and it's like uh, it's just a little odd to me. I was I was very surprised that they didn't ever have a Tiger tank in it. Can you refresh refresh my memory? Is was there any point where uh, Jaeger uh, asked to just have like I mean, I know that he was on a plane for a while, but like, just ask, like, hey, can you just like bomb the thing from the air? That would have been nice, right? I mean, air superiority yeah. being what it was at the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, they even had that in Saving Private Ryan. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, well, so, then again, you know what? Maybe they, maybe they justified that by um, the fact that even when he was up in the air, they never spotted them. Yeah. I mean, uh, maybe there should have been a line of dialogue, like have them waiting or something. I don't know. Yeah. Or, or, you know, fuck you. You made a really dumb decision and, uh, no, you've got to do this on your own. We're not going to waste our resources on you. They did. They did have one line of dialogue yeah. about how he needs to hurry up and fix his mistake. And yeah. <laughs> I was kind of like, I remember thinking to myself, you know, uh, this guy messed up royally. Yeah. <laughs> he'd like uh, i think he's um they maybe they should have even focused on this more i don't know but i think he gotten those tanks and got his men together to go hunt them down in the hopes that he would even his life would even be spared let alone his command i can't imagine you'd send anyone into battle under that guy's command anymore after that <laughs> but i mean doesn't that even raise even more questions i don't know you know like wait 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 you, you just gave a bunch of soviet tankers a, a a tank that we had and our solution is to send you after them with more tanks that we have well i mean uh, i, I, I mean, guess in, in his defense he he had proven himself as a as a very effective <laughs> tank commander he just yeah, you know right. <laughs> i mean it, it it just kind of seems like uh, I I jeez I, I don't even know a, a, a proper idiom uh, for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I I like what what uh, I want to repeat what what Gil said earlier. Uh, I know that this is one of those ham sandwich kind of things that basically ruins the entire movie once you think about it. But it should be mentioned that um, a smarter commander would have uh even if he was not going to watch them not going to take take interest in the fact that there might be shells still in the captured tank things of all that nature you know that that let them have their little funeral which allowed them to sneak the stuff the ordinance away you know and all that stuff like you let them rebuild the tank up to its maximum power and everything like that i mean you could just weld something onto the end of the barrel and their yeah. whole plan would be destroyed, you know? <laughs> I mean, if you're not planning on ever, ever having them shoot the thing, you you can, um, I don't know, there's a term for that. Like, you can, like, spike the barrel or something, you know, and, like, have it inoperable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, did they actually do that in the movie at one point to a, uh, an enemy tank? <laughs> oh, they, uh, the, the, somebody uh, threw uh, some uh, hand grenades onto one. Yeah, I... <laughs> I don't know. 
So it seems like a much cheaper solution than, you know, a massive uh, convoy to go Dang. capture a rogue tank with live ammunition. I mean, you know, it's, I, 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 I don't know. It, <laughs> it, it has a lot, it, it actually has more problems now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, I, I'm still going to keep my rating at a five. I'm not going to be that flippant about it, but you know, it, 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 it just has a lot of problems like logic problems. Uh, I think ethical problems. Uh, I, it, it's just like, uh, uh, it, it, I don't know. I, I agree with you that it, it could be a lot better, but I came for the tank action and it delivered yeah, it sounds like that's what people pretty much come from. And I think it's what the director <laughs> came for as well. Yeah. It seems like with the emphasis on all the uh, slow motion. Um, yeah, and it's one of those movies. It is what it is. It's serving a certain purpose. It's not going beyond that. It's It's got flaws, but um, but it is enjoyable at parts. And I did just look up the uh, soundtrack. There's like a whole soundtrack of like 20 songs. Of the uh, I might listen to it just to see. It was like this, all this stuff sounds very derivative, derivative, very familiar. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I, you know, again, they did incorporate Tchaikovsky and everything. Oh, so, so yeah, uh, so some uh, of it was uh, maybe know, more familiar uh, than others, but I, 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 you know, I, you can't blame a, yeah, you can't blame a Russian filmmaker for incorporating Tchaikovsky. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no. But the music itself also, like, it's not that it was bad, it was just uh, not appropriate at times. Like, it was just, uh... Yeah. Yeah. Not well calibrated, I think yeah. I said. But, yeah, it's, it's one of those things, it is what it is. 